Welcome to Sports Performance Radio, the science of athletic excellence. phone conversation that I was the recipient of the day this show was to be released. Um, I just thought it's so good and so uh, real and honest that I should quick edit it up and just kind of wedge it into this show. Uh, I confess it's a very awkward edit, but that's because it was spontaneous. The res- me getting this call and me deciding it to uh, include it in the show is a very spontaneous thing, so... I don't get points for uh, production value, but 
you, the listener, get to hear what real strongmen, real pioneers of strongmen, that for that matter, feel about the present state of the sport. So what you just heard is Mr. Michael A. Johnston, my good friend, former co-host on the RX radio show. Uh, Mike was one of the uh, engineers of the modern version of uh, competitive amateur strongman. And it seems as if he's not entirely happy with the state of affairs. So I won't really offer any commentary on it. I just felt it was so real and honest and spontaneous that it was appropriate to bring to you. If it brings further commentary and further communication in the future, so be it. But there it is. One man, one relatively important man's thoughts on the present state of strongman and the decline of its, let's say, honesty. So there you are. From here, you'll actually hear the introduction of the proper show and the proceedings from there. But awkward edit aside, there you are. Some interesting material for this month's Sports Performance Radio Extra. This is a Sports Performance Radio Extra. Welcome to another Evil Genius Sports Performance Radio Extra. I'm B. Chavez, your host as always. Just a little quick moment. Um, I put out these extras on the 15th of every month, and uh, sometimes it occurs to me that I don't necessarily tell the new listeners, if I have any, uh, what's going on. So on the first of every month, I put out Sports Performance Radio, which is a themed show with a specific guest and a specific point. Um, and then there's always a little bit of material that I kind of wish I could cover, didn't cover, didn't fit the theme, that sort of thing, sort of miscellaneous debris. And since I only put out a show once a month, it occurred to me that maybe I should put together a kind of a mini show, the scraps, the miscellaneous debris. Uh, so henceforth, we have the Sports Performance Radio Extra. Extra being just that. It's just the extra stuff I didn't get to cover. And that is what this show is. This is Sports Performance Radio Extra. Um, let's see. And we do have a little bit of extras to cover this month. Um, as always, seems to be, uh, seems to be the niche I'm falling into. We have a little bit of, uh, doping, sports doping news. One big, one little, although the little one's interesting, I'll explain. And then, uh, something else actually doping related, but, uh, maybe a little lighter hearted. So to begin, we have, um, a fairly well-known big name CrossFit female, Natalie Newhart has failed doping test, the CrossFit Games doping test, for the drug Oxandrolone, commonly known as Anivar. Did a little bit of research on this. Uh, first of all, I looked into what the CrossFit organization considers a drug test. And uh, boys and girls, it's a joke. It's silly. Um, the fact that they can catch anyone is mind-boggling. Uh, so with that in mind, I looked into the circumstances of the actual test, and it was an out-of-contest random, quote, surprise test. Uh, so that explains a little bit of how the person was caught. If you don't know, you probably, then you haven't listened to the show in the past, but if you don't know, uh, a drug like oxandrolone, Anivar, is an oral DHT derivative, and it has a very short half-life, about eight hours. Typically, that means four to five times the half-life, the drug's no longer detectable. Simple math, that makes something on the order of 40 hours. So let's round that just pretty straightforward to two days. So two days without the drug, you should pass the test easily. Um, so the fact that they caught her means it really was a surprise, and she really was taking it during that period. Another little tidbit I did find when uh, researching the Natalie Newhart quote case um, is that 
Natalie has been branded, or at least I've read, has been branded a bit of a troublemaker, which I always find suspicious when a, quote, troublemaker then suddenly fails a doping test. Uh, apparently, Natalie had some complaints about a kind of a uh, cosmetic beauty standard in the uh, higher placings of the CrossFit, and uh, I don't doubt for a moment that she has a point, but they do have tools in which to quiet people. And I say they, meaning pretty much any organized sport from the, you know, the NFL to professional golf and tennis, right down to obviously CrossFit. Uh, and one of those tools, one of those weapons wielded by the administrators is the drug test. So it's interesting um, that I read that there's an appeal. I don't really know how an appeal can go. You know, oxyandrolone's pretty staple drug. They know the metabolites pretty well. Um, if they were there, she failed. I don't think you'll find anything anything to come of that, except she'll serve out her suspension and then either begin again or not. CrossFit seems to be one of those sports where once you fail, you really don't see or hear much of that person again, but you never know. It's it's possible. I don't, you know, again, I don't profess to know enough about CrossFit to know, but uh, that's the news with there, and that's, you know, my little input on it. Um, also in doping news, um, UFC, a UFC fighter, Russian heavyweight Konstantin Erkunin is hereby suspended for 12 months for failing the androgenic anabolics test. Um, the reason this is interesting, the reason I bring it up, I mean, loads of UFC people fail. It's damn near every day. Uh, this one's interesting because the compound in question is dromostanolone propanate, otherwise known as Mastron. And again, if you've listened to the show, you've heard me say that once upon a time, Masteron was literally undetectable. Uh, people were taking gobs and gobs and gobs of it and passing high-level tests, the IOC-level test, the Olympic-caliber drug test. So this is interesting that they're apparently now honed in on drum standalone. They're figuring out how to determine the metabolites. As I understand it, the big problem with it is uh, Masteron, drum standalone, is basically just DHT. It's a di-DHT with a minor alteration at one position. Uh, so the metabolites were very hard to discern from just normal human DHT, and therefore testing basically didn't just didn't look for it because they couldn't discern it from the other. So apparently something has changed in the testing protocol, or the testers are being more risque, which is also a possibility. Um, they might be opening themselves up for you know appeals and counter lawsuits and all that stuff. I don't know. Uh, I really need to do my homework and figure out exactly what is going on. I shamefully have uh, let some of my uh, current doping, my do doping knowledge fall behind and be a little less than current. So I need to do better on that to bring you guys a little better information. But interesting, UFC has failed people now for Masteron, which once upon a time was very undetectable. So it's just a change in the landscape. Um, certainly not going to ruin things. People are going to find ways to take something, maybe not necessarily what they want or what they, you know, but they will find a way to take something they need to perform. Uh, it's just apparently that particular loophole has closed. So interesting. Um, you know, I don't know how important it is, but definitely interesting. We'll keep an eye on it. Typically, when you see one of these failures and you see a bunch more because the word hasn't propagated through the ether that you can no longer do that. So it will, in fact, be interesting to see how that plays out. Also, in kind of doping news, uh, I would like to make everyone aware of someone else's podcast, um, a really great show I just listened to 
uh, Tim Ferriss. If you don't know the name, definitely Google him up. Uh, he's just a really clever guy, written a couple of big bestseller books, Four Hour Body, Four Hour Work Week, um, Four Hour Chef, which is a very, very good book. I actually did a little piece on that on my blog just the other day. Uh, really good book. Everyone should own it. Learning how to cook is important and learning how to learn how to cook, which is kind of what the book is about, is a really, really valuable tool. Um, anyway, Tim is a jack of many, many, many trades, makes some great YouTube videos, all of that. He has a podcast. Um, I believe it's as simply titled as the Tim Ferriss Show. You can just quick Google that up, find it, no problem. Uh, just Tim Ferriss and podcast, it'll come right up. Tim's latest guest on his show is... Uh, steroid guru, chemist extraordinaire, and all of that, on and on, Patrick Arnold. Really, really good show. I really recommend it. If you like anything I have to say, you definitely want to jump over there and listen to that show at your leisure. It is a great show. Patrick's super smart. He was the progenitor of the pro-hormone craze. Um, he worked, did some stuff for Balco. I mean, he really is a... a Super integral guy to the world of you know modern supplementation and sports performance and pharmacology. He's the real, real deal. Um, says a lot of a lot of interesting things, both historical and uh, present day. One of the reasons I love listening to shows like this is he made some remarks in reference to uh, IGF one that simply do not jive with the information that I presently possess. So now I need to go back and do some research and see if Patrick Arnold is. Uh, onto something that I'm presently unaware of. So uh, that's really the reason I listen to stuff like that. And it's, I think the reason you should listen to stuff like that is not to find people that just agree with your opinions and reinforce everything, but people that make you think and uh, look and research and, you know, stretch. And that's, that's what's happened there. So it's a really, really good thing. So there's kind of the, uh, the miscellaneous pieces that I missed or, you know, didn't bring to you in the uh, proper show. So, that's that, and then also, as is kind of my uh, modus operandi, I'm going to leave you with a piece that uh, is an audio rip of a video I did some time, actually a few years ago, and it's the, my, Bishvez, the Evil Genius Sports Performance Approach to Supplements. Um, just, I kind of take a moment and just uh, explain what I think supplements are, are not, should be, shouldn't be. Uh, how to categorize them, and uh, kind of how to think of them. Because you can't really work with something, you can't really manipulate or make any rational decisions until you have a reasonable measurement and classification system. It's why science works. It's why science is so wonderful for analytical people like me. Is everything gets a column, you put it in its column, and then you can manipulate things from there. So that's kind of what I take the time to do with supplements. Uh, again, it's in the context of the bigger picture of the little rabbit ears evil genius sports performance way of doing things, but I think it's fair uh, material. I think you'll enjoy it, maybe get something out of it. So I will leave you with that, and I will see you on the first of the month with a proper sports performance radio show. Till next time, folks, stay strong. Hey, shut up and listen. Hi, everyone. It's B. Chavez from Evil Genius Sports Performance. Um, I'd like to welcome you to this first issue of my video blog, and... Uh, before I be, do anything, I'd like to thank all of you for watching the YouTube videos, uh, checking in with us on Facebook, following us on Twitter, uh, interacting with the website, which is www.evilgsp.com. Um, wanted to do this video blog for a long time, just haven't uh, 
gotten to it and uh, also wrestled with where, where to start. Where do you begin with all this? Um, the world of sports performance is enormous. Um, where's the place to start? And uh, I committed that I'm going to do this. This is something I have to do. And a very good friend of mine made a very good suggestion, and that is, what question am I asked the most? What's the most common thing? Begin there. Well, without question, uh, I answer dozens of emails every day, um, probably 100 a week, um, training this, diet that, nutrition, the other thing. And every question always has a writer about supplements. Supplements are the buzz. It's always about supplements. Should I be taking this? Shouldn't I be taking that? Am I wasting my money? Am I not wasting my money? How much money should I spend? It's always something about supplements. So we're going to get, begin with supplements. Now, before, before I say anything, keep in mind that when I answer any question, it's always my approach. It's the evil genius sports performance approach. You ask a dozen other experts, you'll get a dozen other expert opinions. You won't get mine, so I'm definitely giving you the caveat of this is the way I coach these things. This is the way I deal with these things. So the evil genius sport performance attitude towards supplements is to break them, roughly speaking, into three categories. There is definitely some carryover from category to category, but roughly speaking, three different categories. Category one is dietary supplements. These are vitamins, minerals, perhaps fatty acids that you add to your diet all the time, every day. You or your dietary overseer, your guru, your whatever you have, has determined that you have a very good diet. It's the appropriate diet for what you're doing, where you're at in time and space, appropriate for your sport, your age, all of that. However, that diet might be short in phosphorus, copper, manganese, vitamin A, zinc, and you supplement that diet with these things. Whether it just be a blanket multivitamin, multimineral, uh, whether it's just a blanket fatty acid concoction, you are supplementing an already good, well-designed diet. These are things that are gonna make your good diet better. That's category one of supplements. And these are also, in my opinion, by far the most important. This is what I prescribe to almost everyone based on their dietary outline. You need this, you need a gram of vitamin C a day, you need something. The second category is true sports performance aids. Most people, when they say supplements, they mean some magic compound is going to give them the edge. That's what they're thinking, at least in the context of, of, of sports performance, as, as most of you people watching this will think of it. Um, to be honest, this is a category that I'm not a big fan of. You're talking about drug-like effects. You want something that acts like a drug and isn't categorized by the government or whoever's overseeing you. It's not categorized as a drug. Honestly, I don't trust these things. There's very few of them that I really believe work and even less that I really believe are worth the money that are charged for them. Uh, however, a legitimate category of things, and there are some things in that category that are worth exploring We'll definitely do that in a different video, but as a group, and just to give you some examples, in this group I would say things like um, uh, creatine monohydrate, uh, ALAs, uh, green tea extracts, um, lots of other things that there's very specific chemical compounds 
legal, and they have a mild, and potentially not mild, drug-like effect. They exploit a given specific within the physiology to elicit a response, okay? So it's a kind of a drug like it. They're quasi-drugs, but they're legal. This is fine. You know, GNCs and other stores are full of these. The internet's full of things that'll sell it to you. Honestly, I don't touch on them very often, with the exception of I have a five-year rule. The new, every, I understand every company has to be cutting edge. They have to be exciting. They have to be new and have the product of the future. But in reality, most of the products of the future become quickly products of the past. Uh, very few ingredients will really stand the test of time. Uh, again, creatine monohydrate, definitely one of those. Chromium. These are not exciting things. They do work. They do ex generate a response. Uh, and for that reason, they've been around more than five years. So in, in the second category of drug-like supplements, um, those would be good examples. Legitimate category, don't really use it a lot in my own coaching and even in my own sports performance program uh, for myself as an athlete, but definitely a, a legitimate category. And then the third category, third and final, is probably the most common, the most certainly the most revenue generating for the supplement companies, and that is protein powders, carbohydrate powders, uh, even meal replacement products. The reality is, in the way the Evil GSP deals with sports performance, mind you, not everyone else, you'll get a lot of different answers. In the way we deal with things, the way I coach things, those are foods. Not a bad thing, nothing wrong with that. Food is good, without food, we'd not be here to be talking about this, uh, but those are foods. Very roughly speaking, if it has calories, I categorize it as a food. Uh, protein powder is a food. At the end of the year, if you show me a dietary sheet and you say, I ate this much protein and this much carbohydrates and this much per day, um, my first question is going to be, well, how much was protein powder? How much was food? How much was steak? How much was shrimp? Absolutely not. Protein, very roughly, is protein. Um, there's definitely differences in quality differences in digestibility, di differences in speed of digestion. All of those are valid points, and in all of these products address those different points. However, they're still foods, they're still calorie-laden, they still are treated in the big picture, roughly speaking, as foods. And most of the time they're very expensive foods, and they're oftentimes a little awkward. They're not as easy to work with. I mean, eating ain't handful of nuts, a boiled egg. Um, a lot of things are just as protein-laden, um, just as easy, a fraction of the price. Um, I'm not knocking or denigrating these products. There are some very good products. There are some very good manufacturers manufacturing very good products. But as a category, I consider those food. They're more dealt with in the diet design because of convenience, preference, um, any of many things, I might recommend that the first meal of the day be, very roughly speaking, protein powder A in milk or water or even juice. And that's a meal, though. That is a food. That is no different than prescribing someone to have oatmeal and eggs. It's not really any different. It's different under the hood. The chemistry, speed of digestion, all of that's different. The nitrogen profile, okay, it's all different. But I guarantee you, I'm smart enough and clever enough to come up with a solid food meal that would do that exact same thing. For convenience sake, or as I said, preference sake, or a lot of other reasons, we can do that, and we do do that. But 
as a category, protein powders, waxy maize, dextrose, maltodextrin, all these other things, the targo, the food. Okay. Oh, but I eat that as my post-workout supplement. No, that's your post-workout meal. It's food. Believe me, it's food. Calories, food. Okay. No calories like branched chain amino acids. Supplement. Possibly category one, take it every day, all the time, supplement your diet. Possibly category two, drug-like effect. But it's still no calories, not a food. Calories, food. So you've got these three categories. All the time, every day, fix or improve a diet. Taking a specific thing for a specific purpose, quasi-drug-like effect, and then you've got expensive packaged foods. Okay, So whenever a conversation breaks out about supplements from the evil genius sports performance context, these are the categories that we address. So that's a pretty good big overview. Going to wrap it up for today there, um, but want this as our, our our benchmark. We can't communicate unless we have common language, and that's what this is meant to be. This is our common language on the subject of supplements. So every conversation that ensues from here, when we address category one specifically, two specifically, food pack category specifically, this is the reference that we're going to be using. So when I talk about supplementing the diet with vitamin A, you know what I'm talking about. If I say taking product B for a drug-like effect, you know what I'm talking about. And then we can begin to see how this comes together to design a diet, a sports performance, a performance-enhancing diet, and a general scheme toward getting to your sports performance goals, which is, at the end, what this is about, what Evil Genius Sports Performance does, it's what I get paid for, uh, and, and quite honestly, it's my passion. It's what I want to see. I want everyone out there that is, takes the time to hear my opinion, I want to make them better. I want to see them improve. And I want to see how good athletes can be. I'm really excited to see the athlete of the 21st century. I want to see the 3,000 pound totals. I want to see the 1,200 pound bench presses. I want to see the eight second 100 meters. Because this stuff is coming and I'm excited to be part of it and I'm excited to be on that curve and just almost be high enough to see over that edge, to see what's coming. So, as I said, gonna wrap it up there. Once again, I want to thank everybody for tuning in, downloading the videos, watching the videos, uh, and I want to strongly recommend interact. Put in your two cents. I hated that. I loved that. What about this? You didn't cover that. Um, you know, you look dumb in the beard. Interact. Have your say. Interaction's what makes all this go. Uh, we need to come together. We need to move forward as a group. Even in disagreement, it's positive to talk to one another. So with that, I'm going to leave you. Once again, B. Chavez, Evil Genius Sports Performance. Um, tune in, check out the website, www.evilgsp. And I'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to Sports Performance Radio.